This is the Where You At Buds podcast, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Stephen, Evelyn, and Marcus. I put my Crocs into sports mode for this, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to try it at least because it looks like backcountry is trying to reach out to me. Finally, this is a very nice uh, glass <laughs> vessel you're putting that into. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right, let me try this. That's for sours, and um, I think maybe even the Kolsch. Oh, Kolsch. All right, I'm not, I'm not a big beer fan, but I kind of uh, like it. You know what? I mean, heck, if this we are all going with the uh, Croc? the Croc mode, yeah. I think I'm gonna dive yeah. into one too as well. I, I think that is Marcus's croc on the can. Like, I think that's a picture of his. Uh, you've heard how much they rag on me for my crocs, right? <laughs> I have. I have heard. Okay. What do you think of the croc, croc lager? Yeah, two thumbs up on the croc beer. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, it's enjoying a good it. Time. And to follow in the footsteps on this program of Tamara Stanners is I think I'm not worthy. Oh, broadcast worthy, legend. She, she is a broadcast legend. That I for sure. John French is a broadcast legend too. I know he I, is. Okay, but that's what I'm not saying. Not going there yet because there's lots. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I don't know how I could even live with that because my broadcast experience is basically all Squamish. That's it. Mount FM. That's, that's okay. it. If you're born and raised Squamish, you're you're a, yeah. you're a legend. Yeah, how, everyone how knows long were you. Are? A mountain. Uh, well, August of 1990 was when I started the first time until early in 2002. Yeah, we overlapped for what two years. Yeah, some, um, um, around that, yeah. Yeah. And then I went back for second tour of duty. In so hold on. You guys worked together. Yes, yeah. we did. That's, well, that's how we met. That's how we met. Oh, I'm so sorry, was John. He as, was he as happy and jovial as he is today and still? Or? No, he his curmudgeon factor has definitely stepped up uh, from his younger days. <laughs> I mean, here we thought it was just us bringing it on. Yeah. But there was inherently this, this well, curmudgeon that was already in there festering. You have to understand, though, he hadn't been to the Middle East at that point and hadn't lived through the Arab Spring and all of that. And then coming back to Canada during a pandemic and seeing all the idiocy. Yeah. 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 Social media is fun. Do you notice that Marcus never posts anything unless it's like... like oh, he never, no. He, he, ta- never, he never posts anything about the show or you and me, like his best friends. <laughs> um, never anything about that. It's always some stupid meme about like some political bullshit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What about us? We want to feel seen. He'll take a vote. <laughs> hey, run for council. He'll I, take um, a stab at you. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is run for council. Oh. Run for local politics. He'll take one or two stabs for sure. I know that Friar remembers me from my on-air Mountain FM days. Oh, hell yeah. I do too. Yes. Yeah, 100%. you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain Monitor? Like, were oh, you a, a listener of I the noon listen. talk show? I yes, I always listened to Mountain FM when I was little. 100%. You can totally see that she's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really... Okay, okay. So here's, um, um, okay. Uh, you, you, okay, so here's yes. the thing. Like, I really liked, um, like, LG73 and stuff yeah, like that. But anyway, I did listen to Mountain FM and, like, you know, like, my dad would put it on and... So, we, you know, your dad knocked me out once. He knocked you out? Yeah. My dad. Yeah. Oh, okay, like, in an anesthetic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Ken totally punched you? I had a little That's surgical procedure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Down down low. Okay, this is what happens all shows. See, look, he sits there, he shakes his head. He's just thinking he's about just all like, the work all the, he has yeah, to do. I know, to I know. Cut out all the crap <laughs> that's not gonna make it to the final I know. Edit. I like to get paid now. <laughs> you could go on strike transit people oh yeah, that yeah. oh my I god oh, oh we're not supposed to get political oh I'm well, sorry. i think we're gonna get i'm sorry political. um john french is here so yeah. obviously we're gonna get a little political because you've been here for a long time you've seen how this town has progressed from where it was to where it is today and you're on council and you've been part of the whole shift that's um well recent shift the last three and a half years of shifting yeah. Right, so there's got to be a reason why you got on council. So there must have been something more than just you know you must have seen something for you to get activated to get on there, uh, and and of course it is an election year, and and Friar is still on the fence about I think I'm going to run, maybe no. I'm going to run, I think I'm going to run, no running, maybe I'm going to run. But I've got Look those, at this frame. I've got those Look at this frame. I don't run. <laughs> I don't run anymore. You know, Marcus kicked around the idea of running. Marcus kicks around a lot of ideas <laughs> until the crock falls off, and then it's like <laughs> put it back got- on. And- and go back. Well, he puts them in sport mode. Oh, yeah. they're not in sport mode. It is in sport mode. Kick it in sport mode, It is in sport man. mode. He's got, he got it. got the beer going. He's got the sport mode juice. <laughs> well, listen, today joining us, none other than, talk about local legends. Yeah. Longtime journalist, print journalist, media journalist, on-air host. Give the MC for logger sports. I mean, we can keep going down and, and bike races, test of metal. 
And now you're going to get me in trouble with Armin Herb. Sitting in council chambers. Hey, eh? something my man over here isn't done. Oh, I'm okay with that. Eh? It's, hey, it is an election. Hey, did year you done. get elected the first time you ran for yes. council? Oh, <laughs> Friar. My question. buddy over here, Friar, has run how many times? Twice. I'm the new Terrell Patterson. <laughs> I'm the new Terrell Patterson. We're just going to yes. keep doing this. That is and an like, amazing look, crown to wear. Yeah. You boom, 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 wish. Boom, but Terrell ran for mayor. He ran for mayor. Like he well, maybe that's what I do this time. We don't know. Oh, Hell yeah, I'll for you. Terrell only ever ran for mayor when there was no nobody one else. Running. He didn't see suitable candidates exactly. running. Yeah, he wants because to see he opposition. Stand incumbent. to see the mayor become acclaimed, so that's he right. would always throw his name in. Yeah, just for and the he debate. Almost beat Ian Sutherland. Like that was close. He only lost by a few percentage points, right? Yeah. So let me ask you the question. The question of the day when it comes to the whole political thing. Oh Did you knock on doors? Did you go door to door? Absolutely. Yes. All you, you? aspiring politicians out there. I did and not. I went door to door inspired by Brian Reiser because Reiser did a lot of door knocking. He and did. So the first time Reiser ran, he was a total joke candidate. He did, had no intentions of winning. His whole campaign was based around hammocks. He, he enjoyed that. He liked that whole process and then decided to run serious and he knocked on a lot of doors. Well, the, his claim was he knocked on every door in Squamish. I'm pretty sure he did. He knocked on mine. I like him. I like Brian. We work with him too. He's a good dude. Yeah, Brian's awesome. we, we yeah are, he's a good dude. Over. I was like, yeah. Okay. I'll Before I made a run at it the first time, he was one of the few counselors who was like, yeah, you know what? Let's sit down. Yeah. I'll tell you all about it. Let me tell you the ups and downs of a council life and why you do and why you don't. And when I was thinking about running, when I first moved back, I talked to him too. I went to like, Razor, I've known you for years. I'm thinking about running for council. What do you think? He's like, no. Don't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut down. Mainly not because like I don't know what what's going on or I can't contribute. It's one of those things where if you own your own business and you're starting your own business, council life can be hard on you because if you make a decision that not many people will agree with, it can actually affect you personally and your business. Oh yeah. Where they won't go they won't do your business because they don't like the, the, the some of the decisions you've made and it could affect you that way. I just think it's because because he probably thought you were going to kill somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably it. You're not overly jovial. You're not the. You're, you're not the. the hey, like, you're not walking in the yeah, grocery store. Yeah, you're not like hey, kissing hey. babies. Hey, uh, how's it going? We you all know, know you, you don't, know don't really want people's opinions. We, we, we know. <laughs> you know. We know. You know. My business involves running with like dealing with parents no, and, and children, right? This, but you, right, you yeah, have to really, be a nice guy. No, no, no. You are a nice guy. Like, you know, you and you have a fabulous business, and I think it's because of your wife, right? I mean, I just it's definitely Dahlia. But regardless of that, you get what I'm saying. 100%. It's amazing how this episode is a lot about me this time. Yeah, I have to come to the rescue of Marcus. Oh, yeah? Well, I totally get what Brian is saying. And you just need to look at Greg Gardner. I am certain that his tenure as mayor had a significant impact on his business. I don't know this for sure. But I suspect that his decision to exit politics might have partly been about how his business was impacted during his time. It's a, it's a cost-benefit analysis, right? So, I mean, if being mayor, and including the salary of being mayor, is much less than yeah. you would make at his business. It's very low. Then it's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll do my term. I'll do what I think I can do, and then you move on, right? Yeah, because Greg was mayor. At a time, yeah. Squamish was trying to get everything it could out of the Olympics. And that was all very controversial. Oh, it was a huge. tough time for Greg. Like, that term was a pivotal term for Squamish. I, I think Greg did a great job when he was on council. I, I think that it had big impacts on his business. I've never had a conversation with him about this, but, you know, I've, I've heard. Let's phone yeah. him up. <laughs> Skip Meringue. And he's probably happy that he bowed out because he's doing very well. Yes. Well, that's the thing, Definitely. too. Like, I've talked to, to many about, obviously, with, with the, the fall election season coming up again, like, hey, are you going to run? And a local prominent business person said, prior, why would you run? People like you. For the most part, people actually genuinely like you. You know, not everybody's going to like you. And you know, we all understand this. This is this is what you understand. Is I'm adult. on the you fence want with everybody. you. I know, and I'm on the fence with you too. But I still do love to get together with you bi-weekly or every week. Every week, like, buddy. But, Best friends. You know, he's, he's seriously, he's like, you know, why? Well, you know, Shelly Smith comes to my mind in this conversation. Does that name mean anything to you, Shelly Smith? So she was a member of council many years ago. 
uh, Black Tusk Realty, her and her husband. Oh, were, yeah, okay. Black yeah. Tusk Realty. There were people who were talking about boycotting their real estate firm because of oh, yeah. some of the votes that she made on council. She was really unhappy at the end of her term because of the way people treated her and some of the votes that she was involved with. And I'm sure their business was impacted. And the landscape yeah. has changed too now. It's not like, you know, word of mouth or people talking. It's you have social media now and you have um, oh, yeah. Squamish, what is it called? Squamish voices. Yeah. And you have Squamish all this speaks. other, well, yeah. Squamish speaks is, is a different animal, but like when you have a creature like Squamish voices that is an anonymous thing just posting, you know, stuff that's pretty much taken out of context. You could argue if there's smoke, there must be fire, but still like it's, you know, the vitriol you must get online. It's a lot more abuse than I would say like Shelly, Shelby. Shelly Smith, yeah. yeah, would have ever received, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's exactly it. Like, there are times even here on, on this podcast, we take our shots here and there. We have a good time with it. But at the end of the day, we're human beings and we can see each other. Yeah. And you can have that discussion and that discord. And I'll tell you right now, the mayor, like she said, you want to sit down with Karen Elliott and have that discussion and have that debate? She'll sit down with you and yeah, she'll have she a debate with you. Now, you may not agree and you may leave and agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, you've had a conversation. You've had the convo. Yeah. And you can't do that with some of the stuff that's out there right you now. You can't do that if you don't even know who's on the other end of the conversation. That yes. kills me. And I thought we were supposed to talk about politics. No, we we talk, who told you? Wait, who told you we can't talk about politics? Marcus? Fire. Friar? We're not talking about the issues per se, but we're talking about the landscape of it. So basically, when, when we're talking about running for politics, it's a lot different animal now in terms of like people wanting to run. There's a lot of good people who would be great at being council or great mayors or even, even provincial level or even a federal level, but great people who would be perfect for these positions will not run because the way things are conducted online, the online abuse that they get, it's just like, it's not yeah. worth it. It's really yeah. not worth doing. And I think there's a lot of people who, who, who should be running who are not because of it. I think what it comes down to is every single person has to figure out where can they make the most impact? Yeah. If you feel that council is your jam and you feel that you can, it is politics after all. Let's not kid ourselves. It is politics. But you have to look at, okay, where do I have the biggest opportunity to make the most impact? And myself, I feel that's, you know, with the youth, I feel that's, you know, in sports and that's mm -hmm. with athletics and where you're shaping young people's minds and the people who they're going to grow up to be personally. So, you know, I get asked all the time, are you running? I, I really don't see myself quite concerned with what's going on to that level and wanting to be like, hey, I got to be the one to step in there and clean it up because I know there's you, nothing you, to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> that's right. But I also We're know that perfect. if you are going to clean anything, you're going to need three other janitors come along with you yeah. or four. Yes. You know what I mean? It, yes. It's not just you. One of the things that people don't really understand is it's a team of seven. There are seven votes at that table. Yeah. You're just one vote. Exactly. Yeah. Until you get the magic number of four, which is what it takes to win a vote, there's nothing there. And people think that I have all this power and I don't. I am one vote at that table of seven. And sometimes I am one vote versus the right. other six. Chris Penningill, a lot of the time, is one vote against <laughs> the other six. And then there are times when I am the fourth vote. And there are also times when one of the other council members is the fourth vote. There's a lack of understanding of the power that we don't have <laughs> because also, it is a team. Something I realized too when, when, when you're following politics is how people do not understand the roles of government. Like municipal government is in charge of, you know, certain things and the provincial government is in charge of certain things. Schools and, and hospitals. And the federal government is in charge of certain things and people seem to misconstrue who's responsible for Absolutely. what. Absolutely. And I've seen a lot of people yell at you about hospitals and schools and it's like, oh, sorry, you need to yell at Jordan. Yeah. The <laughs> most I can do is like write emails to the premier and to Jordan Sturdy saying, hey, we need more schools. Our hospital needs to be expanded. That was a very specific teaching point in social studies. <laughs> What level of government can do what? Like, I'm pretty sure there was a test on it. So, uh, and, and you honestly, don't know, you failed that this, test or you just simply forgot. And this is the problem we're facing, not with just local stuff, but I mean, on the grand scale of things, too, when it comes to mandates. You know, it's like going to Ottawa doesn't help with the mandates. It's provincially mandated shit because the like healthcare is provincial so it's it's one of those things where i think we need to be people in general need to be a refresher of how on the civics course and how our government works i want to i want to back the truck up to squamish voices 
So that group is very much targeted for counselors. I'm not one of them. Whew. And sure, yeah, I mean, that, that that's great. However, it just kills me that those four counselors are getting that negative attention because it's not deserved. Like those are four hardworking individuals who have brought their passion for this community, their talents, their skills to that table, and they work their butts off seven days a week for the job. And this is the what they get for that hard work. And sure, I disagree with those four counselors on some things, but I tell you what, I agree with more than I disagree with all four of those individuals. It's awful what is happening with Squamish Voices and the impact that it's having on So them. what's what's your theory and why those four are being picked on? I, I can't... I, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. So... The three that aren't being picked on, Eric Anderson, Armin Herford, and myself, we are the three old school, long-term Squamish, except for Doug, who's been here just as long as I have, but it just so happens that I was born here and Doug moved here the year that I was born. So Doug's been around here just as long as I have, and yet he's getting that. So I, I don't know. I can't really figure out. How they've zeroed in on those four, particularly Duck. I, I, it must be their friends. Those four must be connected to some certain people that these people are against. That's my. It has to be. I mean, if if you three have been left out, that means there has to be a common thing <gasps> between the four of them. It's your friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! He did. He did. He did work for LNG. Oh, oh my god, John! So I- busted. My intuition's really good about things. So. I, I'm following my gut on this one. I think the WLNG thing is a part of why I'm not targeted. That whole thing tends to be very conservative, right wing, right of the spectrum. I, I certainly don't identify with right wing. I'm very middle liberal. And when I worked at Wood Fiber LNG, I was one of the most liberal on the staff at that time. But I think that's the key for me is because I worked for that company and because I have been industry supportive, I think that's why I'm not targeted. And Eric falls under that same category. Eric does an amazing job of bridging industry and environment. You know, he's super involved in industry initiatives, forestry, all of that. And he's also stream keepers and uh, the climate uh, or the, the air shed people. So and, and and then I don't get the whole why is Armin not getting the attention because he lines up quite well with Chris Penningill, Karen Elliott and Jenna Stoner on a lot of the environmental stuff. Very much post. It could be that Armin doesn't really doesn't really get quoted a lot. There's not a lot to take out of context with him. I, I see more interviews with those four than I do with with Armin and you and, and Eric. I don't I don't. So I, I think it's just the opportunity to take sound bites and to be used against them. There has to be a reason why they're being targeted more so. But it could be anything really at this point. We have no idea who these people are except that we know that they're linked to right wing thing. And what would be the end game of that? Why would right wing parties go after yeah. municipal governments? Because <laughs> I, I mean. I can see that. I can see them doing that in the in the the provincial sphere and in the federal sphere, obviously. But municipal governments have a very limited purview. Why? Like, I don't know why you would start sowing some discord, you know, in the democracy of municipalities. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, what is the end game for that? This is a lot of politics for a podcast. <gasps> oh, sorry, I fell asleep. Oh my I was, God. Sorry. was not supposed you to talk are, about politics. You guys, I just woke up. Sorry. <laughs> Brought to you by Squamish, BC's Country Brewing. And uh, we love the beer. Apparently, they made a beer just for me this time. And Marcus is drinking it. Woo-hoo! I'm actually drinking a beer. I'm, I'm looking forward to testing the Kolsch. Yeah. Uh, is that a hint? You want, well, you want to try I'm one still, right now? Still working on the log. Okay. I'll okay, keep you posted one, on it. One, um, I'm going to like ride my bike home into the ditch. Listen, John, the 30 centimeter rule, Kolsch, yeah. is just a really great beer to yeah. sit at backcountry all afternoon before you go into council chambers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Eat the pizza. Have a Kohl's. It's very light. You know, you, you can get in there. Six of them. I have a strict rule of only drinking after council. Well, no, listen, we it's all okay. know. No one's going to tell. We all know what masks are all about. Okay. This is, <laughs> this is, this is hiding the fact that you're having some brewskis before you hit council chambers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So right. the uh, backcountry, I put my Crocs in sport mode. Is this a uh, lager? Yeah. Yes. Lager. Lager. That's your lager, buddy. Apparently. It is. I don't mind they it. They made it for you, I see. Specifically. We they didn't have a contest drink. or anything. No. It was specifically made have for me. Have you seen the video? The video is amazing. 
Born and raised in Squamish. That's me. There's only uh, two of you on council currently that are born and raised in Squamish, yes? I was uh, born at Squamish General in 1969, breached. The old hospital. Yeah. That's where I was born. The and portable on the hill. Were you born you, in that hospital you, too? You missed the purple breached. You're coming out butt first. I was butt first, like, right? And so... Delivered breached? This is 1969. Squamish General was like a shed wow. in 1960. Mom called it a portable exactly. on the hill. Yeah. Oh, the, there was no breached babies delivered yeah. in Squamish because that's serious, right? That's serious. So there was not enough time to take my mom to North Van to Lionsgate. They didn't even have helicopters. Oh by my then. god! Exactly. So and it was the old highway. I was yeah. delivered breached wow. at Squamish General Hospital, which is a huge deal. That is a huge deal. It just didn't happen. That would have made the paper. Hey, by the way. The paper. Did, okay, was it Squamish Times? Did you write for the Squamish Times? Uh, no, the chief. The chief. Okay, so it wasn't... So I was wondering about that, if it, it had switched over to the chief by then. The Times packed it in because the staff unionized. Oh. And uh, it was too expensive to, to keep the staff wow. going. So <laughs> the head office... Media it, hasn't changed at all. Well, it was a total <laughs> local paper forever. Yeah, I used to deliver the Times. And then it got bought up by some huge corporation when staff decided to unionize head office in like London, UK said, okay, we're shutting this one down. Wow. End of the times. I lost my job. So born and raised in Squamish. Yeah. Malcolm Elementary School. I grew up on Braemar Drive North in the Garibaldi Highlands. So when my dad built the house, Carpenter, uh, got a great screaming mortgage lot purchase deal from Pat Good. Was it like $700 for a lot back then? (laughs) Well, it was um, $20. He, he financed the lot in with the house, which apparently was like unheard of back in those days. But Pat Good did some ducking and diving for him at the Bank of Nova Scotia, which was the only bank in Squamish at that time. And uh, so, yeah, I grew up on Bremen Drive North, Malcolm Elementary School, Brackendale Secondary, yeah. as it was called back in yeah, BSS. the day. And then down to Hell Sound. Where I graduated with honors. With honors. So what? What? What then? You know, and you've you've grown up here, so you know most have just moved on. You're obviously still here. You're in the pod shed, but so where does it take you next? Where do you go next? I want to work at Sea Fox. <gasps> no. Yeah. yeah. You got a gig at Sea Fox? Uh, well, Wait, kind of. What? <laughs> no, I knew from very young that I wanted to be on the radio. Six, seven. We've had another yeah. guest say the same thing. Oh, oh Tamara. Tamara yeah. Tamara, yeah. Unreal. 100%. Well, so you just knew. Like, this is what you wanted well, to do. You need to when, understand something about the broadcast industry. The first day of broadcast school, they tell you, you're not going to make any money at this. So you must really, yeah, really you gotta like love it. it. Yeah. So everyone in broadcast school has the same similar thing where we wanted, we wanted to be on the radio for a long, long time, knowing what we're getting into. So yeah, first day of broadcast school, you're not making any money. You're probably going to get a crappy job in the middle of nowhere. And maybe... Maybe you can get somewhere with like, you know, with 20,000 people in it, if you're lucky. So, yeah, you must have a love for it if you want to get into it. I have a very distinct memory in grade 12 of being with um career counselor that came from SFU and telling the career counselor that I wanted to go to SFU, get my degree in communications so that I could have a radio career. And I quickly realized that you don't need a degree be on the radio and i discovered a place called columbia academy of radio television recording arts my, my dad actually saw an ad in the newspaper and said to me hey i think this is a perfect place for you because i was aware of bcit and their radio program but at that time in 1987 i was being told that unless you're a minority unless you're a female forget it like i went to bcit yeah i know but that was a few years later <laughs> things had changed so yeah i went to columbia academy of radio television it's funny because i was the same thing i was like i'm gonna get my degree my communication degree at sfu and then i actually ran into a fellow <laughs> called terry chen who was who was your boss oh, at mountain uh, fm don't get me started and he's like you don't you don't need a degree just go to like bcit and take a program i'm like okay and so i did the exact same thing two-year program and it was better than columbia at that time columbia was trash so columbia yep. like the sprott shaw community college basically of recording <laughs> basically yeah recording. it was a five thousand dollar tuition and yeah. i after i got through it i realized it was just an expensive ticket into the industry That's and like, yeah it took me a year to find a job and i was like serious 
job hunting. I went to Vancouver Island and did a tour of radio stations, interviews all along the way. And when I didn't have an interview pre-scheduled, I just showed up and said, hey, here's my resume. You got five minutes to talk to me. Ultimately, a year after I graduated, I was hired to work in Fort Nelson, British Columbia, the northernmost community in this province. Population at that time was 5,000 people. And uh, that's where I started. And that's where it all started. Yeah. The legend began. And then uh, I got a company transfer to Fort St. John, and I was there for five months, and another country company transferred to What kind Parksville. of stations are these, though? Like, are they, well, like... Well, Fort Nelson was a two-person station. Me and the other guy. Wow. But, like, he was the morning show. Yeah. <laughs> I was the afternoons. <laughs> yeah. We both did sales. We both wrote copy. We both did everything. Wow. When the bathroom needed to clean, and it was a big fight over who was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Fort St. John was a lot larger. I did everything at Fort Nelson, news, music, programming, all of it. And then Fort St. John, they hired me to be the evening jock. There was a two-person newsroom, morning newsreader and the reporter. The reporter got really angry with the station manager one day because he felt he was being unfair to the news director and he punched the general manager. So he was fired. And I heard that the news position paid more than the evening jock. So I applied for the news position and got it. (laughs) And then that's ultimately how I landed at Mountain FM because I was hired into the newsroom only because I had news reporter on my Uh. resume from Fort St. John. And, uh, Perfect. So it was all meant to be. It was all meant to be. Yeah. yeah. And my intention was to be at Mountain FM for no more than two years because I was going to get a job at Seafox. Uh, yes. FM Doing quickly. news? Oh, man. Doing no, news? No. Because, I no, mean... At that time, news wasn't really my thing, but I didn't really fall in love with news until I started telling the stories of the community I grew up in. And that's when I realized that Seafox wasn't where I wanted to be because I was having too much fun telling the stories of my community that I grew up in and skiing at Whistler like Squamish was the perfect place for me because I had everything I wanted in Whistler I had everything I wanted in Squamish and there was the big city see that's everything that all of these new people are realizing yeah, well, now no, and it's just true. that's what we, it, we've all known for it's years. the reason why we're hanging in there I mean it's the reason why we're doing yeah. what we're doing right here it's the reason why we're sitting right here right now in this podcast yeah. because we we love to do the same thing is telling these community stories some of these small town Canadiana stories ordinary people's extraordinary stories getting it out there I truly was not a journalist until I started covering news in Squamish and the Sea Fox dream died because I had no reason to leave then the story becomes about a girl who also fell in love with this place and um, before I know it I got two kids <laughs> that's excellent and you're still Mountain Femming at that yeah. time Absolutely, yeah. News, everything else, the Mountain Monitor? Yeah, I was very focused on news. Like, that's the noon talk program from 1992 until 2000. I I hosted that talk show. Live, call in. Loved it. That is my dream job. If I had the opportunity to have that show again at Mountain FM, I'd still be there. Like it just ended there? Like well, it no, just when, when you, you switched over to the chief after everything was said and done at Mountain FM and you, and you left. Yeah, that took a year. So I did some initial, a little bit of writing, just just a little bit of freelance stuff for the chief. So when Mountain let me go, there was a lawsuit, wrongful dismissal, and it took a full year to settle. They didn't want to meet my terms. (laughs) So I did a little bit of freelance writing for the chief, and then that ultimately turned into a full-time job when one of their reporters... That was the transition, though, because the spoken word is different than the written word. It was a lot easier than I thought. I have dyslexic tendencies, which meant radio was perfect for me because nobody ever saw what I wrote. And I was the only one who ever had to read it, except for the people who were reading it after me. But I just did everything like phonetic and no punctuation. So I thought that making the transition to print would be super difficult. But Tim Schultz, who was the editor at that time, saw my abilities and talents as a reporter and a storyteller and he said uh, i think we can make it work you also and have a long history it works too like you can bring, that, yeah. you can bring reference you're not like because smaller newspapers i mean they hire the, the junior reporters from out of town and they come into the community and they try and report you know stories about what's going on here without really that frame of reference so you had that reference but i did that was the strong point that made it work for me to make the switch to print so even though my spelling is not great and I'm not great beyond periods and commas like throw a full colon at me and I'm lost <laughs> but between me and Tim and him as my editor we made it work when you changed to print you're that guy in the community that was doing thing for community 
Mm-hmm. You were reporting on sports, like which is almost obsolete nowadays. Oh, yeah. I want to. I mean, from a from a youth amateur athletics perspective, a guy who lives, eats, and breathes this thing day in day out. There's just not a ton of that anymore. But I remember you were one of those guys who was there all the time. Like yeah. you're always reporting on these things, especially those things that meant a lot to community. I love telling the stories of like the the guy who set the new points record in the men's hockey league. The swim club member who who got three medals unexpectedly like at the North Shore Winter Club swim meet. Love that stuff because that was my childhood. Like my parents had me in everything. I was in the swim club. I did baseball. I did soccer. I didn't do hockey. Sorry, Steven. What? Well, Brennan. Okay, we'll get him out we there can to fix the that. But here's the thing. Academy, <laughs> yeah. For sure. My dad was one of the people who built Brennan Park. Like he built the wow. ice arena. He was one of the construction guys. So I kind of missed the early hockey. And by the time the rink was built, I was old. How, well, how old? Was like, I, I think the rink was completed when I was about 10. Okay, so Ed Jovanovsky didn't start playing hockey till he was 11. You might have missed your calling. I like, you're a fantastic hockey player. Oh, I'm well. over it. Let, what? Let's get you John out there now. had long, flowing locks at that time. He <laughs> oh had my a mountain God. bike hardtail, and he was pioneering Jager style. on the trails of squash. I loved soccer, and I also loved basketball. Ugh, so I just had no pull to hockey. John had a mullet. The, the envy of all mullets. Hockey 100%. hair, man. The man, not seen the it, man had helmet I mean, hair. You're going to have to get on social media and post that mullet. You, just, there, there are pictures of me and my mullet from the early 90s all over the place. Oh, yeah. oh I'm going to look hard. Can we put that? Listen, I, I know you're that. going. I know you're going to run again. I know you are, Mr. Yeah. John French. Because you're that community guy. I know you are. So <laughs> not even going to ask. You're not even going to ask. You're no, just, not even he's asking. running again. I already know. Can we just put the mullet <laughs> no. on the actual Please. board? Can we just go like the business oh. in the front, party in the back, put it on there, and don't forget, please vote. Please. I, don't, I don't know because incumbent. it took him, <laughs> it took him yeah. forever to get rid of it. Like I remember yeah, even at my Mountain FM days, like, John, seriously, it's that look died 10 years yeah, ago. Were, but this is the like, thing, please. it didn't die. No. Back. It's, it's coming a, back. A healthy mullet. Oh. A healthy mullet. And what are those shades? What are they called? It's like the Randy Macho Man ones, you know? With the blinds. Oh. Like blinds. They are in right now. No, they're not. Oh, man. <laughs> you Listen, you go crazy for it. Get you know what? I, I think the reason why I'm, I think new stuff is coming back because kids are going through their parents' old yeah. shit. And they're like, whoa, these are cool. And then it becomes yeah. trending again because like my mother has those and then my dad has those. And yep. they just dig them up and it comes right back in his yeah. style again. Has to be. So we go back to print reporting on community stuff. I really love the stuff so that great. you did. Yeah, it, it really, it really I mean, was. I don't like think we see. have a champion nowadays like we like like John French was back right. then. And everybody wants to see themselves in the paper, Absolutely. and like the kids, like it's just yeah. such a huge motivator. Like, what if our kids were seeing themselves in the paper now? This, you know, this like, is the thing about huge. John French, and I'm just going to touch on this. You know, one of the things I most love to do in this world is be the finish line announcer for the youth triathlon. You know, when I was a kid, I went to the 13-year-old all-star baseball tournament in Prince George, and they had a ball diamond announcer. Every time he came to the plate, this guy said oh, so your name. Cool. At 13 years old, I'm like, get out of so here. You saying our names. Now yeah. at the plate, number 13 exactly. in your program, number exactly. one in you your heart. You feel so important, John right? And, French. And that had a huge <laughs> impression on me. And then, so when the youth triathlon was created, and I'm like, those kids need to hear their name. Hold on a sec. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Marcus. So I know you're not a beer guy. We're always crushing tins in here, but we actually have North Yard Cider on board. I like a good cider. Do you? Yeah. It doesn't have that crazy aftertaste like beer does. And it's like, it's crisper. And I like the dry cider. It just tastes so good. Yeah. It's just a non-decider cider, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) When you can't decide what you want to drink, you have a decider cider. Really? Yeah. That's the the rule. I, I never heard that. I know I just made that up, but you know. <laughs> I've had their ciders. It's great. They've got so many different kinds too. They've got the dry cider, the semi-dry. They've got like cool things like raspberry cider and the grapefruit hopped cider. And it's so good and they're local. They started this business in Squamish. They have their own farm now, I heard. Well, it's all about the juice. And now they have their own orchard in Salmon Arm. They're still tied into Squamish heavily. If your local liquor store doesn't carry it, 
just ask them to carry it. Tantalus Fine Beverages, they distribute throughout the Sea to Sky and all over BC actually. So if you want to try any of the flavors, they are at the farmer's market. I know every second Saturday, usually Tantalus Fine Beverages is there giving out North Yard's samples. Yeah, Kurt. I saw Kurt actually last Saturday. I know. I popped over there, got a couple of samples. <laughs> free cider. <laughs> and it's I'm so good. I'm not going to free cider, especially if it's tasty. Right? And it's so good. And I think he had like four or five different flavors too. So if you want more information, check out NorthYardCider.com. Crafting fine cider since 2018. North Yard Cider Company, your gateway to great taste. Now, back to the show. So we're talking about reporting. So we got into reporting. So, so what, And then where from there? Oh, man, where from there? Well, children are expensive, especially when you're raising them in Squamish. <laughs> so yep. I had to get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. And then you signed your soul to the devil. LNG. Well, and, but the, <laughs> the Olympics were in between there. I worked for Van Ock. In the lead up to the Olympics, uh, which was awesome, and then like a communication, community role? relations, yeah. yeah, media relations. That was frustrating because I was too much of an industry guy and not enough of a communications hold back all the secrets guy. <laughs> so uh, you know, I muddled through the Olympics. Supposedly, when you work for an Olympic organizing committee, that's like solidifies your resume, and you like got it made forever after. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> False on that one. I, I really struggled after the Olympics because I didn't, I, I couldn't figure out how I fit in. I needed to make more money than I could in the media world, but ultimately I did because that's what I know and that's what I do. So I went through House Sound Community Futures program and I learned that you can't teach people to be entrepreneurs. I, I, I just am not a great entrepreneur. I give myself away all the time and I'd way rather volunteer than charge people for my time, talents, and skills. I ultimately went back to media. I worked for Peak News Magazine for a bunch of years and had an opportunity to uh, split my time between print and radio. And I brokered a deal (laughs) that had me do morning news at Mountain FM and then writing for The Chief and Peak in the afternoons. That, that worked well until I realized I was working 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. five days a week, and I was burning out, and I wasn't seeing my family, and then Woodfire LNG came along, <laughs> and uh, they said I should come work for them, and I, I did. Come to the other side. In a community relations? <laughs> yeah. So how was that? So you know, LNG is a contentious issue. Just a little, just a little contentious. Just a little, just a <laughs> yeah. little contentious. Slightly. Well, I just, just a bit. quite honestly, it is, it is. It was good until some asshole set my office on fire. Oh, oh yeah, I remember God. that. 4.20 a.m. You don't ever want to get a call at 4.20 a.m. It was one of my fire department buddies telling me, hey, John, sorry to wake you, but you got to come down to your office because it's on fire and we need the key to get in and we know you've got the key. So I was like... Wow. On Cleveland Avenue at 4:40 with the key, so that the hardworking firefighters of Squamish could get in to properly oh, fight man. the fire. So know? yeah, contentious is an understatement. For yeah. the record, the person who set that fire, who's wearing a Guy Fox mask, has not been brought to justice to this day. So whoever set that fire got away oh. with it, and there was no way that person was ever going to be found because it's just impossible. After that fire, my destiny was set. I wasn't going to be doing that. One year later, we actually got back into that office and I was still working for the company. But over the course of that year, the impact that fire had on my family was just undescribable. Mm -hmm. And it became apparent to me that I needed to move on. Did you get any personal threats? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And this is, you know, and and that's a hard thing to like, you know, for like a local guy, even like myself, like this is the vitriol you see. We talked to a little bit about on, on the social media, you know, but from a guy who's like heart and soul has been poured into this community mm-hmm. and done so much more good than this, well, the, than what this was. The thing that got me through that year was the number of people who came to me and said, hey, look, what, and, and, and this actually happened even before the fire, but it, it happened a lot after the fire long-term friends of mine who w- would come to me and say, look, I don't want that thing to go ahead. I, I, I'm just opposed. It, it's not right for Squamish. But I get what you're doing and I get why you're doing it and I'm okay with you that you're doing it. And you'll never convince me to support your project. 
but I'm okay with that. So, you know, I had a lot of relationships like that with yeah. people who were just upfront with me saying, I wish you didn't have that job and I wish you weren't doing that work, but I know who you are as a human being and I can accept it. And that's what got me through was those relationships um, with people like that. Who were just well, you know it's, at the end of the day you have to take care of your family right you and need, that a lot of people said that to me like, yeah I get it you got two kids you got to raise them and this is your job and you're doing it I do remember the threats because you you showed me like back then like the, some of the stuff they were sending you and it was just atrocious but the fire happened you're getting these threats and now what happens after that uh, I went to my buddy Cliff Miller. Cliff Miller, yeah. Cliff Miller, Metal. Yeah. <laughs> Local legend. Yeah. yeah, you want to talk legends, 100%, right? 100%, right? Cliff and I met in the summer of 1990 and were fast friends on mountain bikes. We did a lot of mountain bike riding together in the early 90s. Um, very few people know this, but I was one of the first directors of Sorka. Cliff and I had gone through career crisis between the two of us a number of times. Anytime either of us was finding ourselves needing to work, we'd be like, okay, help me sharpen up my resume. And on my wife would get involved. And we'd... so I went to Cliff and said, look, I, I'm, I'm basically done in this job. Keep your ear to the ground for a job. And he said to me, come work here. PacWest, building supplies. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't know that world. I don't know anything about it. And uh, he was totally serious. And he said, well, give me your resume. Let me give it to our general manager. Just humor me. And so ultimately, I got a sales job selling drywall and installation. I was going to say, it's sales. It's almost like right up your alley. Because you even said, like, originally back in the day, when you took your first job in Fort St. John's, Fort Nelson, that you're everything. Your sales guy, your well, toilet to cleaner, your DJ, you your everything, yeah. right? And and that's the part of radio that people don't often see is there is this marketing and this sales that, that has yeah. to be done. Something's got to keep the power on. Exactly. you got to create income somehow. <laughs> so did you always have an itch then? Like we're going to go back to the politics because you got into politics when you were working oh, at yeah. PacWest. So did you always have the itch to do local politics and get into it? Or is it just something that's like, you know what? I miss being part of the community and this would be the best way I can get back into it. Or was there always an uh, itch to get into politics? I started going to council meetings to cover them for Mountain FM in 1990 third council meeting that I sat through um, I'm in the, the back of the council chambers thinking I behind Terrell with behind, his shoes off yeah and behind I had the Terrell. thought I could do that I, I could do what they're doing interesting here, so here do you think that if you were never sitting in those meetings like you know working from out if you would have ever gone that route no I think I probably would probably have ended up in, yeah because but you just knew I am all about this town like you I are, am just yeah. I, I am giving myself back to the community that raised me I'm clear about that. And so I when are you running for mayor? When are you running yeah. for mayor then? Yeah, I'll vote for you. When are you going to be the big shot? Can you, yeah. Not not this next election. <laughs> next Absolutely election, let's sure. go. Cool. No, no. I'll heard some... it here first, people. <laughs> yeah, heard yeah. It here first. This is a confirmed he, fact, He might guys. have said no. He might this have said no, but what he really means confirmed. is yes. He's running. Mayor hey, French. Hey, let's get all mayor the signs out of, your, um, out of your garage and all your vote fire pins, and we'll do the Sharpie on that for him. We only have to change uh, the last three letters. French for mayor, man. We can head right down to the good to find folks at InBiz yeah. and get that 90s get mullet print. Right? We can get that up. It's out yes. there. It is out there and How we will How could you not vote for a guy it. that looks like that? I would be all over it. 100%. That guy's going to get us a new rink. Evelyn, as the true host of this program, you got to yes. tell these people. It's yes. not my time. Not my time for I feel more. like it is your time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really do. I know you want me to have your back and everything, but I really want you to be mayor. I actually just really want to put all together, like, your marketing. Listen, I, 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 want to, I want to run your campaign. Like, I would be badass at it. But actually, Fryer and I could be, like, really good at that together. Man, we can, we can knock some doors for sure. Oh, 100%. You wouldn't do it for your own campaign. But for John French. <laughs> we'll do it for, we'll do it for I'm John in, French. Man. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. My head is swelling. Hey kind of walk us through what campaigning in Squamish in, in a town you were born and raised in what that was like uh, my mom was uh, raising all my money <laughs> and she did an excellent job of it I it was fun um, I had my my children were both out on the campaign trail with me they both knocked on doors um, along with my wife and Mike Lyons was my campaign manager he's not with us anymore he was amazing what a gem of a human being that yeah. man was Community guy. Huge community guy. Uh, ambulance guy. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say a hockey guy too as well. True and true. Volunteered at anything and everything where volunteers were needed. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. So, um, and I, I did. I knocked on a lot of doors, and most people didn't know my name. Most people did not recognize my name or my picture, even though it was in the chief every week for years. Was it the mullet picture? With, <laughs> it was that beside the WLNG. And did you wear a WLNG pin <laughs> while you were on the road? No. I was no. genuinely surprised by how no. many people did not recognize my name and my picture when New I was no, that, that hurt your because ego a little bit? No. No. Well. Oh yeah, lots of transition. This of town, this town is hugely totally growing. Different. I mean, you've you've approved so many housing complexes. You should know there's tons of new people in here. <laughs> <laughs> is that a job, uh, Evelyn? Listen, as the host Marcus of this program, Monopoly. you need to bring him in line. I know, like get it together. One voice of seven. Okay, exactly. <laughs> One of seven. All right, Marcus. Marcus want to take a shot? No, Marcus, no, eh? no. Fill up that glass with your crock beer and. Crock beer, too. Oh, yes, my crock beer by Backcountry Brewing. I Here, put, I put my beer. Crocs into sports mode for this. Pour it in your glass. So you, we can have some of your it's crock a Hell's beer. Lo- is it called Hell's Lager? Hell's? Yeah, Hell, like where we are now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Friar's House. <laughs> Hell. So listen, back in the days. Where we are every Thursday. <laughs> so listen, back in the days. Uh, thank you, Backcountry Brewing. Thank you. Yes, yeah, for okay. the beer. It's awesome. We we are the size of Langley, population-wise. Yeah, and how many ranks do they have? A lot more. Yeah. And they have like like a, a water park, you know, for those fifty degree summers, and yeah. they have a lot more amenities. We have the same population, right? Here. And we are not. We have nowhere near the on same. what they have. Unfortunately, yeah. we chased away all of our industry. BC Rail gone. Interfor what a shame about gone. Wood fiber uh, gone. That shit pays for that shit, and when you don't have that shit. You don't get that shit. That's our simple reality. Our, our tax base is all about single family homes right now and has been for a while. Well, what, what's the best way to say a diversify an economy then? Because, I mean, you have the business park, you rezoned it, trying to attract more business. Did that work? Is more businesses coming in? Do we have a lineup? I mean, you you hired specialists to come in and to attract business. So yeah. We have an economic development strategy that's still fairly young. I think it's working i think the people who are doing that work are doing a great job it is paying off and i think we're yet to see it really pay off and we're really focused on uh, rec tech uh, green tech um, tourism and not so much on heavy industry and i think we have a great future in green tech uh, carbon engineering you know like that's a company that wanted to be here and we're now basing a bunch of other businesses around that big monolith being here and doing what they do. So I'm pretty excited about what's possible for us from on an economic development front in the next short term, two years. Yeah, because I'm really tired of my property taxes going up. Really. Everybody is. I I campaigned (laughs) on you Squamish residents are paying more than you should be in property taxes. And I'll do that again next go around because I still believe that's true. I voted for municipal budgets that were, you know, a few percentages higher than I wanted them to be. But our reality is if we don't pull that out of our residents, where do we get it from? We're not getting it from any industry because we don't have any significant heavy industry. Well, then you have to light a fire under the uh, economic development's ass to get a little faster there. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's it's when you're talking about economic development and having that position there, it's not unlike a business. It's not unlike starting a business and, and attracting business. It, it takes time to build that base and to realize the fruits of that labor. And I think the next comment after all of that is the Sea to Sky Gondola. That facility has opened some gates for us that I think we need to, to really continue to explore. What other tourist-oriented draws that are maybe not as large as the Sea to Sky Gondola, but are of that same vein. What can we bring in? Like, who are the entrepreneurs that can bring us more of that? Because I think that we have huge potential there. We see these these startups coming through, you know, the Mount Quam Forestry Service Road, the... The, Scottish Adventure. Yeah, that's right. The, the Canyon Project. The Canyon Project mm-hmm. coming in. And, I'm excited about that. And that's the thing. Like, there's there's a lot of people who aren't excited about it, John. Uh huh. Justifiably. But there was a lot of people who weren't with respect to the gondola. Right. Exactly. Well. exactly. I mean, and there was a lot of people. A lot of people who were, that were not. Were the yeah. gondola we have is the second version, right? Yes. The first kick at that can was Peter Alder, who wanted to bring it to the top of the chief. And that was just a total no go. Nobody wanted a gondola inside a provincial park. And then when version 2.0, Greenfield and, and the other guys came along, they were brilliant. 
They didn't want to bring it into a provincial park. They wanted to bring it beside the like provincial over park. over here. We'll yeah. do it over here. It worked. Yeah. They made it happen. Yeah. And despite the controversy. Oh, my God. I think another thing, too, yeah. we should look at is for local business, the ability to grow. I think that's a lot of yeah. a lot of the problems I think business have because they want to get bigger uh, and just we're limited in space. Yep. And you're trying to accommodate new businesses for, to come in so you diversify the economy, but then there's still some businesses here that I need to grow, but then zoning is all over the place and it's trying, it's hard. Like, you know, I'll talk specifically my business. I can't really move anywhere. I can't really grow. And I know a lot of other businesses are in the same boat, like providing a service that's fantastic to the community. They just have nowhere else to grow to. So it's, it's diversifying the economy, but also trying to help cater the businesses that are already here and trying to find that balance. Huge challenge. That's why economic development is so important and the work that they're doing. I'm fine to stray from the political stuff. I'm glad we've not gone there today. I'm glad we have not done anything <laughs> in the scope of political like anything. Well, I mean, we, we still haven't got the real, like, real out of I know we've, we've said, like, he is running this year. But the, the question is, the, are you going to run again? Yeah, it's already out there. <laughs> yes, there's like no doubt. Uh, the chief did a whole piece on who's running and who's not. And yeah, but who uh, reads the chief anymore? John Fox isn't even reporting for it. Like what? Like seriously? Now, quite in, honestly, it's just it's just in in the piece. I was the only current council member who said, "Yeah, I'm in." The rest were all like, "Yeah, still thinking about it." Not too sure. Really? Yeah. Well, he's surviving the online well, barrage. Because the he's other ones spearheading also. it. They're all the smart ones, right? They're not or showing their cards early. Too. I'm actually very curious to see who comes up as mayor. Well, Fryer, because he's taken the Terrell Patterson. If nobody else runs for mayor, it'll be me. Speaking of which, don't you think that like Fryer and I could do it together? Like, could we not go in as a team? Oh, a slate? Run for mayor, you and me? So we talked about slates. You don't want to talk about slate. There probably should have been a slate. Last Slates night. only work in big cities, never in small towns. So listen, John French, it's been a pleasure having you yes, on the Where You At Buds podcast. Thank you. Honor for coming out tonight. So it's been amazing. absolutely excellent talking everything but, but politics. politics. The Backcountry Brew was really great also. Right. So, so great good. conversation and great brew. Knocking it out of the park. Thank Morning you, Backcountry. Another podcast fueled yeah. by Backcountry Brewing. Where You At Buds podcast. Thank you. Where You At Buds is produced by Evelyn Schellenberg and Stephen Fryer. Marcus Monopoly is our executive producer and edits the show. Theme music, Wannabes by Dirtbag Republic. Our voice guy is Matt Grant. Where You At Buds is an Anubis Media production. Thanks for listening and let us know where you at, Buds. Follow us on our socials. Links are in the show notes. And please subscribe. <laughs>